Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this, the golden dawn of the golden age, or we're almost there anyway, I hope that you are able to just uh, enjoy the moments that you have, even if they're mundane and that you're able to keep your sanity during all of the shit we've been going through lately with all the weird, uh, vibes that have been out there. Well, on some, uh, Instagram websites or accounts, I've seen people recently talking about, um, People are surrounded by fighting energy and negative energy and toxic people and blah, blah, blah. That's not been my experience, but that has been for some people. And for a lot of people, there's been a lot of weird, weird dreams coming out. And someone asked me, actually it was Jordan, Michelle. She just asked me today, have you had weird dreams? And I'm like, you know what? I have. My dreams have been extraordinarily um, weird, but also very mundane and very boring, like super, super boring. And something that my mother pointed out to me probably 30 years ago, she said, you know, when my life is exciting and I'm outside doing stuff and I'm very active and doing a lot of wonderful things and meeting new people, making new friends, having new experiences. My dreams at night are super, super boring. But when my life is boring and I'm stuck at home and I'm doing nothing, my dreams are very, very exciting. And I go on adventure dreams. But the thing is, um, lately (laughs) my life has been not exciting at all. I mean, quarantine for over a year, being stuck inside for over a year, not doing a whole hell of a lot with my life. Like, you know, me and everyone else on the fucking planet. Okay. But then my dreams suddenly are really, really boring. So, uh, over the weekend I had a dream where I looked all day for my hammer. (laughs) And then I finally found my hammer and I was impressed and happy to notate that my hammer was in pristine condition and wasn't rusty like I thought it was and it was clean and I was super excited and I was happy that I found it on the shelf in my kitchen so of course I woke up and then a couple hours later I was like oh yeah the hammer dream oh good now I found my hammer and I went and I looked and guess what I don't have that shelf in my house it doesn't exist so was I on another timeline in my dream I don't know but it's a pretty freaking boring dream 
Well, then the next day I had a dream that there was a black spider in my house and it was pretty big and pretty freaking scary. And I was trying to hit it with a broom and I was scared it was going to jump on me. I didn't know it was going to happen. And then I was getting ready to kill it and I woke up. Well, thank God. It was just a dream. (laughs) But again, another boring dream. I mean, a few days ago, I killed a spider. Yes, I admit it. I'm a murderer (laughs) sometimes. But (laughs) I honestly, I don't know why I'm having these boring ass dreams when my life is boring also. (laughs) Sorry to say, but it's true. I'm not going out to concerts. I'm not going to the movies. I'm not meeting my friends. I'm not doing anything exciting at all. And yet my dreams are boring too. So I don't understand what's going on. But are my dreams weird? Yeah. It's really weird for me to have these boring, boring dreams. So I don't know what you guys are experiencing. And if you're having really super exciting dreams, let me know. I mean, when I leave my body and I go somewhere else and I have bilocated several times, I don't know how often I'm doing that, but usually I wake up absolutely sore like I've been working on a farm (laughs) in New Zealand because I know I've been bilocating there and sometimes I just I don't know I don't know how to explain it but um anyway I'm having boring dreams and over the weekend I was tired for most of the weekend and my energy picked up when we were hit by the solar wind on Sunday but it wasn't at least when I looked it wasn't reported on spaceweather.com And it did say here that there was something of a, uh, I guess there was a solar wind stream that hit, but it kind of hit on the outskirts of the atmosphere and it didn't totally affect us. And the solar wind speed never really picked up. Now, usually I could tell we're in a solar wind stream when the solar wind speed is 500 or 600 kilometers per second but it never really got out of the 300s it did get up to like 444 so we had a very low when we got brushed with the solar wind it was more of a very low um solar wind speed so i don't know you guys i'm i'm just kind of at a loss i don't even know what to think about it um i did start to learn a little bit more about astrology this weekend i found a new place to go. I want to recommend to you guys this um, Astro Charts A-S-T-R-O dash C-H-A-R-T-S dot com uh, Astro Charts dot com. You can sign up for free and have your basic uh, birth chart done. But I like it because it shows um you know, uh, your North node and Chiron, which is also known as the wounded healer and all kinds of stuff. So I just, I got curious about somebody's uh, birth chart the other day and I thought, well, I'm going to look it up. And I saw this one. I thought, well, I'll try it. And I, so I looked up the information and it was really interesting. It had more stuff than any other free chart service I'd ever found. So I am, I mean, for $25, you could get the rest of your chart, the rest of the story as it were. But anyway, I saw this, um, and so I signed up and I put my sons and my daughters and my, uh, stuff in and lo and behold, I found out something I never knew. Now I first saw my chart when I was in my early twenties 
and I'm looking at my chart and it says that I have the finger of God. (laughs) In fact, I've got two fingers of God touching me. And one of these is a double finger of God. Like what the actual hell? Okay. It's actually called a Yod Y O D, which I always thought was the open hand of God. It's the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And it means the finger of God. And I was like, what does this mean? It's really, really weird. And so I, I've been researching it for two days now, absolutely fascinated by this. And I've heard of things like grand trines and all kinds of stuff. Like we've said the word quincux or quincunx. It sounds like a dirty word, I know, but I don't really know what... Um, I didn't really know what that was exactly, but I started looking up all these things and I knew that I had a million planets in Virgo. (laughs) And as I looked through my chart on astrocharts.com, it turns out that not only do I have a whole bunch of planets in Virgo, it was a freaking stellium. This is rare. I did not know. I have seven planets in the sign of Virgo in the eighth house which is one of the houses you don't want anything in. (laughs) So of course I went ahead and put all my planets in that one, the house of death and sex and um, taxes and inheritance. And I found out today that most people who have stuff in that one don't always inherit money. Sometimes they inherit emotional shit from their parents. Great. Thank you so freaking much for that. Who's the idiot that created my chart? Okay, it was me, guys. We all create our own charts before we get here. I'm pretty mad. I want my money back. (laughs) Another joke because you don't pay to be born here. You just ask and then, you know, after a thousand years of planning, you get to come to Earth for this wonderful experience and you get here and go, God, life is so shit. What happened? Why did I choose this? I'm so dumb. Why did I do this? Anyway, so not only do I have a stellium, I have two yodes and one is a double yod. And I'm like, okay, what does this mean? So I found out that what the yod means is it's like, it's called the finger of God. And if you want to pick a finger on God's hand, I would have to say, it's the thumb. I'm under God's thumb. I'm being forced into a situation in which I am talking about mystical shit. So I think I'm doing my... (laughs) my life purpose, which includes doing this show for you guys. So I thought, well, that's interesting. So I thought this is cool. It's very rare to have a Yode, let alone two. And then I went to Knowledge Ravenspell, my beautiful kitty cat. I went to her birth chart. I figured it out. I used muscle testing to figure out what time she was born. And she's born on the 13th of August. Of course she is. She's a black cat and she belongs to the archangel of death. And of course, 13, that's my number. (laughs) The number of death in the tarot card is, well, 13. (laughs) Not a very lucky number. In fact, there's a whole phobia built up around this number called Triskaidekaphobia. (laughs) Fear of the number 13. But that's the day my beautiful little fur baby was born. And it turns out this cat has a wildly complicated birth chart, which drives me crazy. I couldn't believe it. She has like, okay, uh, 
<laughs> oh, I'm looking at this. Where was it? Okay, here we go. She has um, a double yode, and then she has another yode that's like a quadruple. I don't know. It's like two planets at the fingertip and two planets at one of the sides, and then the other one is two planets at one of the sides. Her yode, she's got two yodes, but it's like a double and then she has a triple yode like I didn't even know that was possible here my cat has amazing chart patterns I'm like what and she has a multiple planet square so if any of you know anything at all about astrology you're going to be freaking out right now because this is really insane my cat also has um well let's see <laughs> I was looking at this she oh yeah Merc okay she has not Mercury, but she has Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Pluto, and her North Node and Chiron all in retrograde. That's also another weird, rare thing she's got. She's got a lot more other things. So I was looking through this, and I was looking through um, a few different people's charts, and I just, I don't know, I always start finding this stuff very, very fascinating anyway. And um, they have on this uh, website the uh, charts for many, many super famous people. So you could compare your chart with other people. I looked up Billy Joe Armstrong because he's such a cool ass person. <laughs> and he's got a yode in his chart as well. And he also has a thing called a T-square, which basically, you know, people who have things like yodes or T-squares, a lot of times will become famous. Now, I'm not bragging that I have yodes in my chart. I'm a little nervous after I found out that Hitler had at least one, if not two, yodes in his chart. So um, it could go either way. <laughs> and also, I found out that several serial killers have had this in their charts. Not that I looked them up, but I did read an article that said that. So I'm glad that uh, mine is... <laughs> My yod is pointing towards things like my eccentricity <coughs> and being interested in things like the occult and dreams and mysticism. <laughs> so much better than some of these other things. But I told my friend about this and he was like so scared. He was like, I don't want my ego to be all ruffled up. I don't want to feel like I'm better than anyone because I might have a yod in my chart. I'm like, Dude, if you looked at what my yode is pointing at, <laughs> it actually literally said I'm going to be a single mom for 10 years and that my biggest focus in life was going to be spiritual stuff, which I tried so hard to get my kids involved in. And I think they got involved in it secretly. They don't want me to know. They don't want to know I was right because <laughs> that's just how it is when you're a kid. You don't want your parents to be right. Maybe when you're 25 years old, you might go, oh, mom and dad, you were right. But no, <laughs> that's that rebellious thing. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you guys about this uh, astrology place. Um, I started learning other things, too, about the houses that go around the edge of your chart are different for everybody's chart. And also every house means something different depending on what sign that house is in. So you have 12 possibilities <laughs> and 12 houses and 12 signs. And so they all kind of squirrel around each other like a dial on a clock or a watch, a really cool, fancy watch. But 
So my Virgo house is the eighth house, which is the house of sex and death and et cetera, et cetera. And so that relates to that. But for somebody else, they might have their uh, eighth house might be an Aquarius or, or Gemini or something. So I spent all day long just looking this stuff up. It is absolutely fascinating. So I don't know why, but a lot of people that I've spoken to recently have said, you know, I'm really interested in astrology. Astrology is really, really deep (laughs) and really intense. So I wanted to bring it up because a lot of you have come to me saying, what do you know about astrology? And it's like, I literally know barely anything. You know, I could look at someone's chart and I could tell you your rising sign and your midheaven. And then I could, you know, decipher maybe half of the planets. I know that they're symbols, but what it really truly means in the placement, I have no damn clue. You know, I really don't. Over the weekend, we did have a full moon. I forgot to mention it last week, so I wanted to look that up. I think it's called a uh, worm moon, which sounds really disgusting. (laughs) Really gross, dude. Like, why do we have to call it that? But this was the fourth closest super moon of 2021. And it peaked Sunday afternoon, apparently. I saw it. I didn't think it was a full moon, so I kind of ignored it. Found out later it was a full moon. Oh, well. (laughs) Um, So let's see. I'm going to try to see what I can see and let you guys know. According to the Old Farmer's Almanac, why the heck do we call it the worm moon? I'm assuming this is the time of year, typically, when the ground is no longer frozen and well the lakes and the rivers are no longer frozen in the northern hemisphere and it's probably time for the worms to come to the surface and you could break ground on your new garden and it's also a time that you can go fishing (laughs) with worms on your hooks maybe maybe that's what it means i don't know i'm just guessing so what do they say here um They come up with a how to start a vegetable garden free guide. I don't want that. Okay. (laughs) They came up with an advertising. Okay. So the full moon names used by the old farmer's almanac come from a number of places, including Native American, Colonial American, and European sources. Traditionally, each full moon name was applied to the entire lunar month in which it occurred not only to the full full moon. Excuse me. Okay. So March's full moon is called the worm moon, originally thought to refer to the earthworms that appear as the soil warms up in the spring. Well, see, there you go. I was right. So this invites, of course, robins and other birds to feed on the worms. And this is a true sign of spring. An alternative explanation for this name comes from Captain Jonathan Carver, an 18th century explorer who wrote that this moon name refers to a different sort of worm, which is beetle larva. Well, fuck me. That's really disgusting. (laughs) Ew. Uh, Beetle larva, which begin to emerge from the thawing bark of trees and other winter hideouts at this time. Though that's even more disgusting than the worm part. It's even worse, dude. I will tell you, though, some weird shit happened to me over the weekend i'll tell you in a minute about that now alternative march moon names we might want to look into the alternatives because this one was disgusting (laughs) um 
There are quite a few names for the March moon that speak to the transition from winter to spring. So some refer to the appearance or reappearance of certain animals. So this has also been called the Eagle moon, the Goose moon in the Algonquin or the Cree. Woohoo, Janine. <laughs> That's a shout out to my sister who lives on the Cree res up in Canada. And <laughs> That's the Goose moon. Also, the crow comes back moon. Ooh, that's what the northern Ojibwe nation calls it. I like that one. Crow comes back moon. While others refer to the signs of the season. So another one. Now, this is the Ojibwe, not not to be confused with the northern Ojibwe tribe. But the Ojibwe nation calls it the sugar moon, which marks the time of year when the sap of sugar maples starts to flow. And in the Pueblo uh, natives, they say... The wind strong moon refers, of course, to the strong windy days that come at this time of the year. And then there's also the sore eyes moon in the Dakota, the Lakota, and the Assiniboine tribe, which is up in Canada. Dakota and Lakota is like, well, south and North Dakota and um, a little bit on into Wyoming is uh, where these people used to migrate and and live. Um, They were a nomadic people. And now they live on the res over in the Dakotas. But the sore eyes moon highlights the blinding rays of the sunlight that start to reflect off of the melting snow of the late winter. Well, I like that. That's that I relate to that because I used to live in North Dakota and it is so bright. And I used to live in Minnesota in this time of year. It, it's like when the snow melts, it becomes like glass on top and it will f- reflect it right into your eyes. This is the best time of year in Minnesota to sell somebody some sunglasses. So March's full moon often plays a role in religion too. In specifically Christianity, this moon is known as the Lenten moon because it is the last full moon of the winter season and occurs right before the spring equinox. Or as the Paschal full moon, it's the first full moon of spring if it occurs after the spring equinox. So it depends on exactly when it occurs, I guess, in the calendar. I don't know. Um, so this year it is the Paschal or Pascal full moon, not Pasqual. Sorry, I said that wrong. I think it's Paschal, P-A-S-C-H-A-L, <clears throat> full moon. And you could read about that and its relationship to Easter if you want. And this is also called the Sugar Moon. And there's a picture if you want to check it out on almanac.com forward slash content forward slash full dash moon dash March. And that's the old farmer's almanac. And this is a pretty cool picture. It shows the buckets on the side of the sugar maple trees that are tapped in late winter and the sap buckets gather the sap, which they later heat up and they turn into delicious maple syrup. I don't know who ever thought of that. Can you imagine what a crazy person that person would be if no one else ever thought of it? Oh, I'm just going to drain the sap from the tree and I'm going to heat it up a little bit and do a whole bunch of stuff to it and then taste it. And then we're going to put it on pancakes like that person like at first everyone thought he was crazy i guarantee it because that sounds insane (laughs) but then when everyone ate it on their pancakes they're like "Ooh, this guy's a genius (laughs) 
Um, all right. I don't know who did that first, but that's pretty crazy. There is a March worm moon video. If you'd like to see that on farmer's almanac and stuff about fishing and setting eggs, what the hell does that mean? I don't know. Setting eggs. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's something to do with chickens, but to plant above ground and below ground crops, there's the dates right here. If you're into all that cool stuff, I rent my place so I don't grow anything. I don't have a garden out here. So I just wanted to bring that up. We just passed that. That was yesterday was the full moon. By the time you hear this, it'll be two days in. Now we are in a phase of waning moon. And if you're going to do some uh, magical rituals, if you are a witch, good witch or bad witch, it's none of my business. But anyway, this is a good time to do rituals where you want to whisk things away from your body or your life or your mind. This is a good time to let go of toxic relationships. This is a good time, you know, which burning black candle for most of these things just to protect yourself and to get rid of anything you don't need anymore. This is a time to do some spring cleaning, get stuff out of your closets that you're never going to wear again. Most of which you probably don't fit into because (laughs) quarantine and we've all put on our, (laughs) our quarantine 25 pounds on average. Did you guys know that (laughs) most people have gained an average of two pounds a month since we stopped going outside. So you might have some things you just don't fit into anymore. And this is a perfect time to do that spring cleaning. But also this is a time when the moon is waning to let go of uh, bad habits, to lose weight, to um, let go of fears of loneliness. So instead of trying to draw your love to you at this time, you're going to whisk away the feelings of loneliness and the feelings of sadness of not of being single, if that's your situation, or if you... Um, are having problems in your relationship, this is a good time to uh, learn to work through those things and let go of resentments and learn to forgive. This is a really good time for all of that. And I'm sure there's a hundred more things that this time of moon phase is good for, but we're not going to get into it right now. Instead, we're going to go now to spaceweather.com and the current Solar wind speed is 342.9 kilometers per second. So it's, it's not, it's, it's pretty calm, not too big, um, today, nothing major. There is a sunspot on this side, earth side, um, facing on the sun. It's AR2812 and it remains stable and quiet, which means no big CMEs coming our way. This is sunspot number 13. This is a number that's been coming up a lot for me lately. I looked in my chart, as I said, I have 13 conjunctions in my chart, 13. It's, there's so many 13s that came up when I was looking this up. All right. Uh, the Ulu neutron counts coming out of Ulu, uh, university in Finland. It basically, they're saying that, uh, we are 9.2% or high as far as the uh, space age average is concerned. So we're having a lot of uh, radiation coming from 
everywhere else other than the sun towards our our way and and as you know how it relates to us metaphysically is it does change our dna and it might bring up stuff to the surface that needs clearing such as toxic habits behaviors thought patterns or stuff that might be hidden in your dna thank you so much ancestors i'm just kidding i'm not mad at my ancestors for real (laughs) how dare you not clear that up before i was born er now i have to deal with it (laughs) but that's what the that's what the outside radiation does to us the solar wind tends to um just kind of neutralize anything that's negative emotionally and it does tend to calm our minds from overthinking and getting stuck in a rut because you're overthinking that you can't go and do anything because you keep overthinking (laughs) and the solar winds which i was hoping we were going to get a big blast of this weekend which we did not get i was hoping that would uh clear out more but i don't think it really affected us this weekend it was very weird um a lot of people have come to me also with some complaints by the way of having um headaches and just two three times a week suddenly and sore muscles out of nowhere and i want to tell you guys drink a lot of water but also don't hesitate to just get a supplement get magnesium take one or two um you know if you're really low on magnesium you might want to go look on you know go do a search you know go find a search engine online and see what the symptoms of being low in magnesium are and see if you have them. I would say take one every day for a week and see what happens. Maybe you'll start to feel better. But drink a lot of water. But a lot of you might be low on electrolytes. I have noticed that when the solar winds have been really strong the past several weekends, that it kind of tends to drain me when it's over. And I feel like maybe we're all low on electrolytes, which you can find in natural fruit juices and vegetable juices but the easiest way to replenish them quickly is just go get a Pedialyte, drink half of it today and half of it tomorrow. Bada boom, bada bing. You'll feel really much better. And this is in no way, <laughs> they're no way a sponsor of mine. They don't even know I mentioned their name and they might be horrified to know that this metaphysical show <laughs> mentions them. I don't know. But anyway, um, we're high in the space age average of radiation hitting us and it's gone up in the past 48 hours by 0.9 percent there were only three fireballs meteoritic fireballs over the united states as caught on camera by nasa's all sky cameras and the all sky fireball network not a whole lot to write home about but remember there were like three that exploded in other countries (laughs) last week that broke the sonic barrier and there was a sonic boom involved so keep your eyes and ears peeled to the skies for more wild activity there the solar wind flowing from a northern coronal hole in the sun should reach us on the second and third of april so that's one two three that's like three to four days from now And that makes sense that it's going to take so long to get here because, again, the solar wind speed is only 342.9 kilometers per second right now. It's not, it's moseying its way over here. It's taking its own sweet solar time. All right, the Schumann Resonance today in uh, DisclosureNews.it coming down the pike from Italy 
is basically they had two spikes, one at 28 hertz frequency and one at 46 hertz frequency on the Schumann resonance scale. It's it's kind of significant, but not a lot to write home about when we compare it to what is happening over at heartmath.org, otherwise known as the HeartMath Institute. And that is, um, let's see, what we have is the 2300 hour on Saturday, March 27th is the closest to right now that I have. So available, the data comes in about a day and a half late now. So anyway, um, what do we have? So what was going on on Saturday, almost a Sunday, California was at 67 Hertz frequency. Hofuf Saudi Arabia was at 124 Hertz frequency. Lithuania was at 126 Hertz frequency. Um, Alberta, Canada was at 118 Hertz frequency and Northland, New Zealand was at 93 Hertz frequency. And last but not least, <laughs> and never to be outbeat, <laughs> not recently, not in recent weeks at all. Uh, Hulului, South Africa, they, they are by far the winner. <laughs> and they were at 444. There's your secret hidden angel number, 444 hertz frequency. And that's the Schumann resonance power and the Schumann resonance news from your GCMS magnetometer coming out of heartmath.org. So some weird stuff happened this week and I'll get into it before we take a quick break. So this is what's going on. Basically, um, my cat befriended a leaf bug, which I think I mentioned last week. I think it was at the end of the week befriended a leaf bug <laughs> and I read the what the spiritual significance of that was and then the June bug came the next day so that was very strange and then my cat started doing really weird cat things normally if I call her she comes racing to me and today she's been I don't know what pensive not interested mad at me possibly I don't know I really don't know what's going on with her, but she's outside right now on the neighbor, like on the fence outside the neighbor's house, ignoring me completely. (laughs) My friend Jordan is here. He decided to come hang with me for a couple days and um, she knows him, but she, I guess, forgot him. And so she's being very shy. She won't come back in the house. But today, before he even got here, she was out there doing the same thing, staring off into the sunset, like watching the sunset, literally. And it wasn't until the sun was down below the horizon that she came in the house to say hi to me. It was very, very strange. I don't know why she's doing that. It's midnight and she has not come in the house. That is not like my cat. So I don't know what's going on with her. So if you want to say prayers for her, because maybe that's what we need. Maybe she just needs extra energy right now at this time, or maybe it's just a wild nebulous time. Now I looked at astrology with Heather. That's another YouTube channel. I highly recommend as far as astrology is concerned. And she did mention that the beginning of this week, there's going to be a lot of Neptune kind of energy. I don't know, like, Piscean, Neptunian kind of 
nebulous, wild, not able to focus or function, being kind of in a mystical haze kind of energy. At least for Virgos and Capricorns, that was what was going on. And I don't know, my cat's in Leo, <laughs> which is a perfect sign for a cat. But I don't know uh, what she's going through. It's very strange. I, I wonder if she doesn't have a secret boyfriend she meets up on the fence. I don't know. I hope that's not the case. <laughs> As I don't need to be a, a crazy cat lady. Having one cat is crazy enough for me. <laughs> I have the starter kit. I don't need the <laughs> I don't need the full-blown extension kit. I really just don't. Anyway, um there was something else too I wanted to mention. Now I got to think about what it was. I'm not thinking of it. I'll have to mention it maybe tomorrow. There was some other wild thing going on. Um also, my intuition has not been completely correct. I saw um, I, somebody, I'm not going to mention who, told me that someone may be uh, possibly um, might have been murdered. He disappeared, and then they finally found him after nine days, and he's fine. It's just that he disappeared. Like, no one saw him for, like, over a week, week and a half. And I saw where where they dumped his body. Like, I saw the whole thing. And I'm like, this is freaking weird. And it didn't happen. He's alive. So what the hell? So my intuition has been really off lately. And, or maybe somebody, maybe I said his name wrong. Or maybe quite possibly I saw somebody else with the same name. That that actually was the fate he met. Or maybe I saw the future. Maybe a timeline, uh, a different timeline. I don't know what I saw. Maybe we all hopped a timeline and now he's alive again. Maybe he did die and then we hopped a timeline. Now he didn't. I don't know. It's been very, very strange. I feel crazy and nebulous from this Neptune <laughs> Piscean energy floating around. And it's been hard for me to focus today. If you've been having a hard time focusing, maybe that's why it's the astrology. But um, by the end of the week, we should all be back to business as usual with everything mentally clear <laughs> hopefully by the end of the week like Wednesday Thursday wanted to mention in 5d which is another uh, one I highly recommend on YouTube if you have been listening sometimes to Greg Pres- Prescott and his um, and Allison his fiance they're going to get married soon Woo-hoo! so happy for them he's actually gonna get a an operation on his stomach i can't remember what exactly the problem was but he needs this and he needs prayers if you have it in your heart to send him love and light he lives in florida his name is greg prescott and he is in our new age community he's been for a long long time And he makes some of the most amazing and fabulous tie-dye t-shirts you've ever seen in your life. And he has them for sale for half price right now, $15, because he's trying to sell his inventory so that he could pay for this operation. So you could go to N5D. um, It might be called N5D Chat, possibly. And it's I-N with a number five and a capital D. And it's all uh, smushed together like that. But I wanted to let you know that Allison did an amazing reading yesterday, tarot card readings for every sign of the Zodiac. And I just wanted to promote that because it's interesting and you might go find out some cool stuff about you. So between 
<laughs> the tarot reading for your zodiac sign and your astrology with Heather. You're going to be all set for the week. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, guys. And when I come back, we're going to read chapter four in the life and teaching of the masters of the far east book three this is episode three reading this book last week at the end i accidentally said that was the end of chapter four and it wasn't i read the end of chapter three sorry about that i'm so sorry there was a little bit of a um miscommunication because i was looking at the number four when i said i just finished reading chapter four anyway we're going to start chapter four right after this little itty-bitty musical ditty. Alright guys, so this book, Life and Teaching of the Masters of the Far East, um, we're on book three and we're starting to chapter four. This is a story that is uh, true. This, these are field notes taken from Baird T. Spaulding. And he published them about 15 years after he got back from this long journey <clears throat> to the Himalaya Mountains. With He went with like 11 other people. They decided that they wanted to find the Ascended Masters in the Himalaya mountains that they had heard rumors of. And so they did, they went over there and they met the spiritual masters. And it turns out that Jesus is still alive as are Buddha and mother Mary and a whole bunch of people that were ascended masters. And so this story is really wild. And every time I read to you guys from this book, it just gets wilder and wilder, (laughs) like more and more miracles come out because once you live at that level, you never not have miracles. And as Jesus said last week, that when you tap into that God light inside of you, what happens is you become very, um, in tune with that God force and that God light. And many things uh, can happen. You could become invisible if you need to. Food will just appear in front of you when you need it because legions will come to your aid and give you whatever you need. And what I think he means by this is legions of angels, you know, as opposed to, you know, the Harry Potter story, which is totally fiction. But, you know, when they are all sitting in the hall during Christmas or whatever. I don't know. Remember which movie it was. All the movies have this where all of a sudden the food will appear before them as if by magic, but that's what keeps happening in this story. It's really crazy. So let's see what happens this week. Um, we left off at chapter four last time. So here we go. We resumed our work next morning with renewed zest having banished all fear from our thoughts. On the morning of the second day, we were working on some of the figures carved in the rock of the canyon wall. Suddenly, our attention was drawn to the village sentry, whose position was across the canyon at a greater elevation. 
affording a much wider outlook. Through our field glasses, we saw him signal the village. Soon, the villagers were hurrying to and fro, evidently seeking protection in the great gorgeous gorges deeper in the mountain fastness. All the inhabitants were deeply agitated. As we listened, we could hear the low thundering roar of the advancing horde. One of our party climbed to a higher position, which gave a broader view of the situation. He called back, stating that he could see the cloud of dust raised by the horsemen as they advanced toward the entrance of the canyon. We secreted our equipment in a nearby crevasse, joined our associate and found shelter in the surrounding crags and rocks where we could observe the movements of the band. As they entered the canyon, the band halted. 50 horsemen rode forward as an advanced guard. Then the whole band moved up the canyon, spurring and lashing their horses into a wild gallop. The clatter and roar of the hoofs over the rocky floor, coupled with shouts of defiance, caused an indescribable din. Had it not been so tragic at the time, it would have been awe-inspiring to witness this great body of horsemen sweeping forward. Our position was very advantageous, as the canyon walls were nearly precipitous so that we could look directly down upon the bandit horde as they swept on with the seemingly irresistible force of a great tidal wave. The advanced band of intruders had swept past our position and those in the lead of the main band were fast approaching. We had turned our field glasses on the little village for the moment and observed that it was panic-stricken. One member of our party working on the ledge stopped work and was watching the advancing band. We saw him turn and look through the door leading to the entrance of the center room of the temple. Our field glasses were all centered upon the figure of Jesus as he advanced through the door and stepped on up on the ledge, walking directly to the brink and standing for a moment with body magnificently poised. This ledge was about 800 feet above where we were concealed and nearly three miles distant. Instantly, we realized that he was speaking, and in another moment, the words came to us clear and distinct. Our associate on the ledge sat down and began taking notes in shorthand, which I did also. <clears throat> Later comparisons showed that we had heard his words distinctly above the din of the advancing hordes. We were told that he did not raise his voice above his natural, well-modulated tones. 
As Jesus began speaking, a perfect calm came over the entire village and its inhabitants. These are his words translated into English by Jesus himself. My most fervent prayer will always be that I shall never forget them, though I live to be 10,000 years. So this is what he wrote. It says, the light. And then below that is the prayer. And he wrote this in uh, quotation quotations, basically. <clears throat> so the light. As I stand alone in your great silence, God, my father, in the midst of me, there blazes a pure light. And it fills every atom of my whole being with its great radiance. Life, love, strength, purity, beauty, perfection stand forth in all dominion within me. As I gaze into the very heart of this light, I see another light, liquid, soft, golden white, and radiantly luminous, absorbing, mothering, and giving forth the caressing fire of the greater light. Now I know that I am God, and one with God's whole universe. I whisper to God, my father, and I am undisturbed. Still in the silence. That's the next prayer. It's on capital letters. And then it resumes again in Uh, quotations okay still in the silence yet in this complete silence there exists God's greatest activity again I am undisturbed and complete silence is all about me now the radiance of this light spreads to God's vast universe and everywhere I know there is God's conscious life. Again, I say fearlessly, I am God. I am silent and unafraid. I lift the Christ high within me and sing God's praise. In the tones of my music inspiration, hums. Louder and louder within me, the great mother sings of new life. Louder and clearer with each new day, inspiration is lifting my conscious thought until it is attuned to God's rhythm. Again, I lift the Christ high 
and give close ear that I may hear the glad music. My keynote is harmony and the theme of my song is God and God seals my song as truth. Behold, I am born anew. A Christ is here. I am free with the great light of your spirit, God my Father. Your seal is placed upon my forehead. I accept. I hold your light high, God my Father, again. I accept. As Jesus ceased speaking, a dazzling ray of pure white light shot out from the center of the solar part of his body. This beam of light extended down the canyon some distance to where the gorge made an abrupt left turn. Just ahead of the place where the advanced group of horsemen were riding. At the point where this light beam terminated, a great barrier like a stone wall seemed to rise instantly and great darts that appeared like flaming arrows shot out from this barrier. The advancing horses stopped so suddenly in their mad dash forward that they unseated a number of their riders. The advancing horses stopped so suddenly in their mad forward dash that they unseated a number of their riders. Many of them paused for a moment with their heads and forefeet in the air, then turned and bolted down the canyon completely out of control. When they reached the advanced ranks of the main band, those riders that had not been unseated attempted to control their horses, but to no avail. These, as well as the riderless horses, plunged on and into the front ranks of the moving band. Here the movements of the front ranks were checked, while the ranks in the rear, not realizing their danger, came on and surged over those in advance, until the canyon below us was a seething mass of men and horses. For an instant, all was a dead calm, save for the wild screams of frightened men and mad horses, where the wild stampede of the advance riders had clashed with the forward columns of the main band. There, a terrific scene was taking place. The riderless horses, entirely free from restraining hands, had plunged headlong into and over the advanced ranks, unseating many more men, and they, with their ungoverned mounts, added to the confusion. 
The horses began rearing, plunging, and screaming, only as only dumb animals can, in a moment of uncontrolled and violent fright. This mad melee was communicated through the massed horde in the canyon below us. Okay, a quick side note. I would like to say at this moment, horses are not dumb animals. They're quite intelligent, but they do get very scared very easily. So I can understand how they were acting dumb at the moment, but alas, this guy wrote this in 1894 or 1896, something like that. This is two years after the first book started. And, well, <laughs> I mean, animals don't even have rights in every country yet. So, I mean, just on a quick side note, <laughs> nobody knew then what they know now about animals. All right, back to our story. Suddenly, we saw men draw their short swords and slash wildly in every direction. Others drew their firearms and began shooting at men and horses in an attempt to clear the way for an escape. It soon developed into a battle of the survival of the fit. It ended in a mad dash for liberty by those who were fortunate enough to escape the shambles, leaving the gorge cluttered with great heaps of dead and wounded men and horses. We hurried down to give what aid we could to the wounded. All of the inhabitants and our friends joined us. Messengers were sent out far and wide for assistance. We worked feverishly through the night until after sunup the next morning. As rapidly as we were able to extricate the wounded ones from the terrible debris, Jesus and our friends would take them in hand. When the last man was cared for, we returned to the lodge for breakfast. Much to our surprise as we entered, we found the black bandit talking to Emil. It was the first time that any of us were conscious that Emil had been present. He saw our look of wonderment and said, that will keep until later. After the meal was finished, we walked outside with the chief and he told us that Emil and himself had come upon the man seriously wounded and unable to move as he was held down by his fallen horse. They had freed him and carried him to the temporary shelter where he was made as comfortable as possible. Then they had called our hostess and turned him over to her care. After his wounds were dressed, he asked if she would ask her God to show him what to do to be like her. He also asked her to teach him how to pray. She asked him if he would, if he wished to be whole and well, and he replied, yes, holy like you. W-H-O-L-L-Y, not H-O-L-Y, like you, holy, like entire or whole, 
completely like you. She answered, now that you have asked for wholeness, your prayer is answered. You are completely whole now. The man lapsed into a deep slumber. At midnight, when our chief made his rounds, he found that the wounds had completely closed and there was not a scar left. The man arose, dressed, and volunteered to assist in the rescue work. We also saw a great number that we thought were just slipping into the great shadow, restored completely. Some would cringe in terror at the approach of our friends, so much so that it became necessary to separate them from the others. After the rescue work was finished, the black one, as we called him, went about among his wounded associates, doing all he could to alleviate their fears. Many seemed like animals caught in a trap, fearing that a terrible death by torture awaited them, as that was a sentence meted out to them through the law of that land, should a bandit be captured. So definitely had this belief become fixed in their minds that they never responded to the kindness bestowed upon them. They feared they were being nurtured back to health so that the torture would be of greater duration. All were finally healed of their wounds, although a few lingered for months, evidently thinking they were delaying the day of torture. The black one later organized all of the wounded who would join him in a protective unit against further raids and also induced many of the inhabitants to join this unit. From that time on, we were later informed, the bandit groups never again attempted to raid that district. Later, two of our expeditions passed through that territory on their way to the Gobi. This man, with his followers, conducted them safely through his own district and the adjoining district, a distance of over 400 miles, and neither he nor his followers would accept any compensation for that service. We have been told many times that he has become a great power for good throughout the district, giving his life, his entire life freely to the people without remuneration. It seems like that should be remuneration, but it's R-E-M-U-N. Remuneration, remuneration. Maybe it's a typo on their point, or maybe I never knew this word before. Remuneration, I always thought it was. Basically, without pay. All right. Chapter 5. By noon of the second day, the wounded had all been cared for, and we made a last survey to make sure that there were no more wounded alive among the debris. On our way to the lodge for lunch and much-needed rest, one of the party voiced the thought which had been uppermost for hours in all our minds. Why this terrible holocaust, this destruction of life? We were tired to the very marrow of our bones, 
and were completely floored by the shock. The brunt of the rescue work, especially in the early hours, had fallen to our lot as the inhabitants had stood in such mortal terror of these bandits that it was very difficult to persuade them to lend assistance even after we had freed many from the entangled horses. The villagers could see no reason why they should assist in saving the lives of those who were attempting to take their lives. Many of them have a deep aversion to touching any dead thing. Well, I can't say as I blame them, just honestly. (laughs) Had it not been for our friends, the inhabitants would have left the scene immediately, never to have returned. As it was, we were weary and heartsick, having undergone the most terrible experience of our whole lives. We arrived at the lodge, refreshed ourselves, and sat down at the table completely unnerved. Shortly, the food began to appear. We were all alone, our chief having accompanied one or two of our friends and Lin Chu, the black one, on a trip down the valley. After the meal, we retired to our rooms to rest and none of the party awoke till late the next afternoon. While we were dressing, it was suggested that we go directly to our sanctuary, as we called the upper room of the temple. We left the lodge and started to walk to the temple as had been the custom on previous occasions. We had proceeded to the ladder that led to the entrance of the tunnel when the one who was in advance stopped with one foot on the first rung and said, What has come over us? Just a day or two ago, we were in the seventh heaven of delight, going from place to place at will and accomplishing things in three months that we had expected would take years to finish. Our food appears on the table, and all of this without the least exertion on our part. Now suddenly we have slumped back into our old habits. I want to know why this sudden slump. I can see only one thing. Every one of us has taken upon himself the condition of the experience through which we have passed. This is what is now hampering us, and I for one am through with that thing. It is no part of me whatsoever. It is not mine only as I worship it and hold to it and do not let it go. I step forth out of this condition into a higher and better condition and let go. I am entirely through with it. As we stood and stared at him, we realized he was gone. He had disappeared. We were nonplussed for the moment as we saw this man attain, yet none of us would let go of that which was holding us back. Though knowing full well we were still holding on to a condition that did not concern us in the least. 
Consequently, we were obliged to climb the ladder, go through the tunnel, then up through the different rooms to reach our objective. When we arrived, we found our associate already there. As we were talking of the accomplishment, Jesus, the other friends, and our chief appeared. They walked into the room through the door that opened to the ledge, opened onto the ledge. We sat down and Jesus began by saying, there are so many declaring that they are the sons of God and that they have all that the father has. They do have all that the father has, but this statement has not been made a fact until they have the courage to take the next step and see themselves as God, one with all that God is, then they do accomplish. When the one immortal limited thought sees the Christ stand forth, that finer individuality does radiate light. That one that is projecting the Christ does see with a finer, clearer, more extended vision. That one sees the higher body of himself vibrating at a higher rate than does his limited body that he also sees. He thinks that these are two bodies. He also thinks that that body is the Christ of another. These which appear to are only an appearance because he does not believe that he is the Christ. Let this one declare himself the Christ and actually accept it as a fact. That instant, these two merge and that one has brought forth the Christ. Then the Christ stands forth triumphant. Now let him go one step further and declare that the Christ of God stands forth and that instant he is the Christ of God. Now the Son of God is one with God the Father, and he does go directly to the Father. That one must go one more step. This is the greatest and takes the greatest determination, as every fear of mortal thought and limitation must be erased. He must step forth, go forth direct to God the Source, or the father and declared definite definitely and no positively without fear of precedent or superstition or man-made belief that he is God that he is merged wholly or amalgamated with God that he is this love wisdom understanding that he is substance that he is every attribute of God the Father the source the principle he must accept this in all humility just as one does show forth God through such a one every one of the God attributes does flow out to the whole world to that one nothing is impossible it is only through such a one that God can express 
When you amalgamate yourself with God, nothing is impossible to you. You not only have all the Father has, but you are all that the Father is. You are the Trinity. You are man Christ, Christ of God, God, all capital letters, G-O-D, God, all three in one, all capital letters, again, O-N-E, one. The Holy Spirit abides with you. The whole I spirit in creative action abides with you. When you accept this, then you, as well as all others, will sing sing, all hail the power of the Christ name. Not the name of Jesus, the personal, but the Christ. Let angels prostrate, not prostrate, sorry, prostrate. I did this last time too. (laughs) Let me say that again. Let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem, and crown Christ Lord of all. You do not crown the personal Jesus. You crown Christ. The Christ deserves the most magnificent of all royal diadems in the Christly crown. There are no diadems too great or divine for the crown for of the triumphant Christ. You see that whosoever will may come. Come forth and become the triumphant Christ. Whosoever will let them come. When you say God, see yourself as God. See God standing forth as you stand forth. God cannot be a bigot or a boaster or an egotist. Neither can the Christ, the God man, the image and likeness of God, or be any of these things. You can be just God. And so is God man. I am is in the father and the father is in me are true words I am and my father are one in all meekness and almighty greatness God and all mankind united are almighty the almightiness of God that which was born in your so-called iniquitous thought is raised in glory because the thought of iniquity is erased. That which has borne the image of the earthly must and does bear the divine image when you raise up that ideal image. I say to you that now this instant is the great opportunity for you to step forth out of this outer turmoil into the great peace and blessings of God and clothe yourself with the light of God. In all meekness, place the crown of Christ upon your head. And unless you yourself do this, no other can place it there for you. 
step up to and be a part of the great white throne, the source. Become one with those that have made the great accomplishment in like manner. Be not only one with God, but be God. Actually, God. Then you can and do present the divine attributes to the whole world. How can God energy get into expression except through man? There is not another organism upon the whole earth that can vibrate at the same rate or frequency. And in consequence, it is so highly organized that it does perceive, then generate and transform this supreme energy, which enables man to express God to the whole world. How can this be done except through the highly organized and perfected body, which are when you are in full control of that body? That control means full and complete mastership, messiahship, discipleship. You are only in control of and in perfect harmony with this body when you stand forth in perfect dominion and mastery in all the attributes of the Holy Trinity. The I am man, the Christ the Christ of God, then combining these three with the highest God, you are God again, capital G capital O capital D God. This is you, the man of today, all humanity extending your vision and perceiving the truth about yourselves that there is a higher and better life for you than the round of mundane experiences. This you perceive, this you perceive as you follow the right used righteous path in harmony and true accord with the highest ideals you can present or look forward to or set forth in love, reverence and worship. The first step, you, man, become the Christ man, the only begotten son of God. The next step, you, become the Christ of God by seeing the Christ man, the Christ of God. You have joined the Christ man to the Christ of God. Then in order to go direct to the source, You must take these one God, the father you've now brought together the, I am man into the Christ man. Then you have transformed the Christ man into the Christ of God or the Lord God. Then through your next step, you have transformed the Christ of God into the ever living God. These which seemed two, T-W-O, like two of them. These which seemed two have become one God. 
God the Father of all. There is not one thing that will be impossible to you if you do not deviate from this path of right useness or righteousness is what he means, but he wants you to see the breakdown of that word correctly. Right useness. In this, you must be absolutely fearless and true, regardless of what the whole world may think. In standing forth and acknowledging your dominion and at one meant. Put that together, guys. It spells atonement. At one meant. We learned that from last year when we were reading um, the the other book that Jesus wrote, basically. He's very big on this word, at-one-ment, atonement. They say you have to atone for your sins. You have to become at one for everything where you miss the mark and where you stand in pure alignment with the Christ energy and the God said, the Godhead, the God self. But anyway, (laughs) all right. Um, let me get back to this in standing forth and acknowledging your dominion and at one meant you are at one with the father, the outpouring and ever present supreme principle of all things. Oh, by the way, uh, A Course in Miracles. I forgot it for a second. A Course in Miracles. (laughs) All right. And he continues. With this light does not your Bible present a great allegorical depiction of man's spiritual development and attainment when rightly understood or righteously used? The shaft of light that is pictured as coming to me from heaven is projected outwardly from my body. It is true that this light is from heaven as heaven is all about us and is light vibration. This actual focal center or starting point of heaven must be right within my body. Therefore, this heavenly light must come forth from me. The I am of me must allow this light essence to come in. Then I must generate and transform this light energy so that it can be sent out with any density that God, the I am desires. When this is done, nothing can resist the power of this pure light. These are the beams or rays of light that you see emanating from my body when the artist portrayed me at Gethsemane. The beams of light went out from my body instead of coming out of heaven to me. Just so can you transform God power and send it out with such force that it is irresistible. It is the God power, which is recognized all about you, allowed to come in, be generated, and transformed within your body 
then sent out through the reflector. These things are readily accomplished by all when they stand forth as God, their divine heritage, the Christ of God, all one. This is the divine and definite motto for all humanity. The closer humanity draws to this great healing ray, the earlier will discord and in harmony be erased. If you've lived freely in this light vibration, which is the light of the whole world, and all draw near to it, the closer you will draw to man's true abiding place. Thus you find that I am is the light of the whole world. Behold, God, the table is spread. Lift up this mighty one of God, this I am. Lift this body to God, and you and all are crowned Lord of all. You do place the crown upon your own head. None can do this for you. And there you have it, guys. That is the end of chapter five. (laughs) I read it slowly. I just looked and it was 44 minutes and 44 seconds. There is your angel number. Just perfect timing. And I finished that at 4.33 a.m. There's another one for you the 33 as well as the 433. Those are your angel numbers. (laughs) And that's pretty intense. So I, I'm going to just leave it there. We will come back next Monday and read chapter six. This was the end of chapter five. We did four and five right now. So that's it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of metaphysical soul speak the podcast. And, um, I love each and every one of you. And I want to encourage you to love yourselves completely. Love everybody around you completely. You don't have to like people. You don't have to have everyone over for Thanksgiving dinner (laughs) or Easter dinner or whatever. You don't have to interact with people, but you do have to love everybody as I love you, as Jesus loved us. And as God loves everyone, because everyone is only one. We are each other. I am you. You are me. We are we in La Ketch, as they say in the Mayan culture, which just means I am another yourself. All right. That's it guys. Um, I wanted to thank you. I've gotten two, uh, people that have donated to me as listener support. One person is donating four ninety nine a month and one person is donating $9.99 a month. I don't have your names because I have not it on, it used to say it on, on the app that I'm using and now it does not say the names. I haven't figured out who did this, but I wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Te aprecio as we say in Spanish. I appreciate your help and your support and your love. I want to say thank you because it's actually quite encouraging to me to see this and I'm very grateful 
and I feel very humbled and blessed by this. So thank you. Um, if you want to give a donation monthly, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. And some of you have asked if you would like to make a one-time bigger donation. That's okay too. And always welcome. That would be just to PayPal me at metaphysical soul speak at gmail.com or at, um, mermaid girl, eight, eight, eight at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with me and have any questions for me anytime, just write to me and I'll get to you when I can usually within a day or two. Uh, that is mermaid girl, eight, eight, eight on Instagram. That's just my private one. Uh, my other one is not up and running quite yet. We'll get to it eventually, <laughs> but, um, that's it. That's, that's, uh, where it is. Um, so thank you in advance if you do plan to do that. And if you do that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyway, that's it. That's all she wrote, uh, for now. Uh, for those of you who are wondering about the archangel thing, if you believe you might be an archangel, if you have been meditating and felt your wings come out of the back of your back or you feel, felt them quiver, or maybe during a moment of prayer or complete silence, you have lifted off the ground for a moment <laughs> and you said, "Woo, what was that? It might've been your wings lifting you. If you are an archangel incarnate, or you think you might be write to me and I'll ask for prime creator immediately. This is a free service. I am put in charge of gathering the archangels incarnate so that we could get together and pray for everybody on the planet so that we can lift us all up deep, deep, deep into the fifth dimension and thereby, um, <laughs> create the ascension of all humanity. I can't do it alone. I'm just a messenger, which is what angels are. I am Archangel Azrael, the original Archangel of death. I am incarnate here. <laughs> I'm not like an aspect of the angel that's still not incarnate. No, I am incarnate here <laughs> to help you guys. So um, whether you are or you are not an archangel, I am here for you. So again, write me at mermaid girl 888 and I'll let you know if anyone needs to be hooked to the healing grid, you can ask me and I will do that for you. Or if you just want to be wherever you stand, wherever you are, just say out loud, I would like to be connected to the healing grid. Thank you. That's all you have to do. You could say, dear God, dear divine mother, Yah, Allah, Jah, Yahweh, whatever, <laughs> you know, um, Buddha, Jesus, help me, you know, just, you know, I want to be connected to the healing grid and you can even ask your holy guardian angel and you definitely will be connected to that grid. So there you go, guys. That's all she wrote for today. I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. Until then, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. 
This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.